This is Ed Cashmark, the Everyday Economist, keeping my eye on the economy every day for you, with no bluster, no bias, and no bull. April 24, 2020. Uh, once again, want to apologize in advance if you hear some hiccups, because uh, these darn things just aren't going away. Been over, over a day now, and just seem to not go away, so apologize if it happens. And one thing I wanted to say before I start today's podcast is just to say that yesterday I was talking about the shape of the recovery as being a V versus a a U, and I said that I expect it to be a checkmark-shaped recovery. I said the wrong word. What I meant was square root recovery. In other words, to look at a square root symbol, it's basically, it goes down, then it goes up, and then it's a line after that that goes to the right. So that's kind of what I was saying was it's going to, we're going to go down. We've, we've gone down. Uh, when we come back up, then it's going to kind of, uh, level out for, for quite a while. I think it'll, it'll grow a little bit, but, um, it's going to be pretty, once we get the initial bounce back, then it's going to be kind of, uh, pretty, uh, pretty level, uh, for a while. So I just wanted to clarify that. Okay, so today's economic releases, starting off with durable goods orders for March. Uh, in February, the month-over-month change for durable goods orders was 1.2 per, uh, 1.1%. The consensus was for an 11%, 11.7% decline, and the actual decline was 14.4%, so much worse than even the consensus forecast. That's just dreadful. Uh, however, ex-transportation meaning uh, whatever durable goods minus transportation-related transportation goods, such as airplanes and, and cars and such, uh, was only down 0.2% versus a forecast of 5% decline. So that was much better than expected. It was even better than February's decline of 0.7%. So a little bit of good news there. Uh, and core capital goods were down 0.8% in February Expected to be down 5% in March. We're up, actually, 0.1%. So that's a little bit of good news, too. Turning to consumer sentiment uh, for April, the final reading was quite surprising. The consensus was for 68 on the consumer sentiment index from the University of Michigan. And the actual number was 71.8. So that is very surprising, given what's going on here. Uh... Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess, uh, consumers may be toward the end of, there's a, there's an initial report that comes out in, in early April and then the final one comes out and uh, toward the end of the month. So maybe consumers are finding a little bit of rays of hope here in some of the stimulus measures that have been passed and uh, the rebound in the stock market. So that might be what's going on there. And, uh, that's, that's it for today, for today's uh, economic releases. And uh, so what? And so the market today was up marginally, uh, largely on the $484 billion stimulus bill that was just signed by the president. But the bill did not uh, have any aid for states. And it looks like uh, they are looking for about $500 billion is what they think, what they say they need. Uh, states are running out of... Uh, out of money, uh, primarily, or I should say, especially uh, unemployment funds. 
Uh, one article said that uh, California is going to run dry in two weeks from their unemployment fund, so they need replenishment because there's obviously a lot more job job, job cuts coming. Uh, and they say if they don't get the aid soon, the, there's going to be drastic cuts in programs like services and education and whatever. Uh, so, <laughs> boy, they they really need to get some aid fast. I think uh, Congress needs to uh, step it up real quick here. They can't go much longer. Um, without making drastic cuts, and we, if we have drastic cuts in services and programs, you're going to see a, you're going to definitely see a different way of life in America. There's no doubt about that. So they need that aid. Uh, sales tax revenue and gasoline tax revenue is way down as people spend a lot less and drive a lot less during all these shutdowns. So that aid is very sorely needed. Okay, well, I'm just going to move along here to the notes from a webinar today. As I promised yesterday, I was going to share notes from a webinar uh, with uh, Khan Academy founder, Sal Khan, an economist. Well, he's not an economist. He's a, he's a hedge fund manager, actually. Uh, but he is an economist, too. His name is Ray Dalio, and he has a fantastic website, and it's just uh, it's uh, economicprinciples.org. Pretty simple economicprinciples.org and if you go to that website the first thing you will see is a video about how the economic machine works it is fantastic it's only a half hour long it's one of the best videos that describes how the economy works that I've ever seen very simple very easy to follow you don't need to be an economist or know much about economics or finance to understand it it's it's really good I highly suggest checking that out and no I'm not an affiliate I don't I don't know Ray Ray doesn't know me I'm not no, <laughs> I'm just saying I found this uh, website and uh, video extremely, extremely informative. Okay, so now here are the notes from Ray, Ray's uh, conversation with Sal Khan. Ray says, there will be terrible damage to incomes and balance sheets from this pandemic. This will be the worst economic downturn since the Great Depression. The good thing is that the government is acting quickly to support the economy, but some people are being supported much more than others, which is true, especially considering what's going on with the stock market. Uh, you know, it's a good thing that the stock market's going up, but not everybody's in stocks. So those who aren't in stocks, uh, well, I'm talking about what's happened recently. Obviously, the market is way down from its highs, but uh, any kind of uh, increase in the stock market is only going to help a certain amount of people. Tax rates will change. I think he basically is saying that rates are going to increase. But what I also think he's he's saying is that he, he mentioned the word restructure a lot throughout his conversation. So I think he's probably hinting at the fact that there's probably going to be higher rates on, on the wealthy and lower rates on, on the lower income. That's just my guess as to what he's trying to say there. Uh, we are testing the limits of monetary policy. And, you know, that's true because of the fact that interest rates are already near record lows. Um, but there's still more things that the Fed can do. I mean, just like during the, uh, the Great Recession, they can do quantitative easing, which is they just print money out of thin air and give it to the banks uh, in exchange for treasuries. And what they're doing now is they're actually buying corporate bonds now, and some they're actually even buying some junk bonds, I believe, which is not, not, not such a good thing. But, hey, in, in a crisis like this, we need to support as many people as we can, as many companies as we can. Um, as far as junk bonds, you know, my opinion is, yeah, they need support, but, uh, at some point, if a company is uh, very risky and not, uh, being well managed, maybe it's better just to let that company fail. I don't know. 
don't want to be mean or anything like that, but uh, what what I'm saying and what other analysts are saying is that it's not super wise use of money to be propping up and 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 supporting companies that or state governments for that matter uh, that were not run well before the pandemic hit. Uh, that's what's called uh, um, uh, uh, moral hazard. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. Moral hazard in economics, which is basically supporting people uh, who do things that are not good. So that makes them uh, do do those bad things even more because they haven't suffered the consequences of their inferior actions and management. Okay, uh, moving on here. So uh, he's worried about the frag- fragmentation in society and anger over policies. Obviously, there's a lot of anger out there right now over all these uh, stay-at-home orders. And it's leading to incredible fragmentation in society in terms of politics and how you view what the president is doing, what Congress is doing, what uh, Republicans want to do, what Democrats want to do, what uh, governors want to do, and even what your neighbor wants to do. I mean, everybody's just very at odds with each other right now. And he says that that kind of infighting could lead to more autocratic governments, not just here, but around the world, kind of like what we saw in the 1930s when he was, Tim was talking about how a very fractious uh, society uh, paved the way for Hitler to take over in Germany. And what happened next? Yeah, the Holocaust and World War II. So um, he's, he's, he's worried that a lot of this infighting could lead to very adverse situations in some governments around the world. When, and he says, when empires become challenged by either finances or rivals, economic difficulty tends to follow. Well, this economic difficulty we're in right now has nothing to do with finances or rivals, but if this pandemic does lead to fi- a financial strain, which it will, and uh, if, say, China or other rivals like Russia want to try to come in and fill the void that is going to be left by the United States as the United States becomes weaker because of the pandemic and the, and the economic fallout, then that could lead to uh, uh, military conflict sometime down the road. Pray God that doesn't happen, but uh, he says that history has shown that to happen over and over again. He says it's very important to work together to solve problems. Internal conflict can create its own economic and social problems, which I just talked about. After the pandemic, the economy will have a different look, but the restructuring will likely take a few years. There will likely be changes in spending on education and health care. There will be more saving and less spending. Deglobalization could lead to less efficiency in supply chains. The Federal Reserve and congressional actions are similar to what happened in 1932 when FDR came to power and he put together all, he passed all these uh, bills and programs to uh, get the economy moving again. There is not much room left for monetary policy as interest rates are already very low. Like I just said, the stock market is being optimistic because the Fed, uh, the Fed has said it will do whatever it takes to support the economy while Congress seems willing to spend as much as necessary, if not more. That, that, was, that little F, if not more is, is my opinion because um, some of these bills are, are, uh, contain money that is n- completely not related to the, the pandemic or the virus. Um, a lot, of, a lot of pork being put in some of these bills. So uh, that was that was just my two cents there. Well, that's it for the notes on the uh, conversation with Ray Dalio and Sal Khan. Just a quick update on the coronavirus. Um, 
Yesterday's uh, death rate was 5.67% in the United States, which is the highest it's been. However, over the last several days, it has seemed to kind of uh, flattened out. So, so that's good. Um, and the the uh, growth rate in fatalities was 4.9% yesterday. I'm not going to give today's number because it doesn't matter because we're only halfway through the day. Uh, the growth rate in deaths yesterday was 4.9%, which was down from 5.7% the prior day. So looks like, you know, um, we're, we're on, on the lower end of the recent range, so that's that's good news. Okay, and uh, now it's on to my uh, tip number 10 for how to stay sane during unemployment. Tip number 10 is under the first commandment, which is be thankful for everything you have. Tip number 10 is be thankful for your car. Okay, I realize that there are some people out there listening to this who do not have a car, either by choice or not by choice. Uh, but if you do have a car, it's obviously very important to get around, to buy groceries, uh, to go visit people, to get to work, to go visit friends if you are still able to do that in your state, uh, to go off and uh, you know head out to a restaurant or a bar or a sporting event uh, back in normal times anyway. Or if you just want to get out and you know go to the lake or something like that, you know. It's, very important to have a, have some some means of transportation. So be very thankful for your car or your truck or your moped, your motorcycle, your bicycle, any mode of transportation you have. Be thankful for it. And if you don't have any mode of transportation and you take mass transit, be thank, be thankful for that too. That's it for today. Pretty short and sweet. Uh, again, I have a feedback link for my podcast on my website, www.edcashmark.com. Please go to iTunes or wherever you are listening to this and subscribe to my podcast. Uh, it would be great if you could leave a rating or a review on iTunes. And please spread the word to your family, friends, neighbors, and relatives about the Everyday Economist podcast. Uh, and Again, you can go back to previous episodes to uh, listen to those and get my previous tips on how to stay sane during unemployment. This is Ed Cashmark, the Everyday Economist. Stay safe and stay sane. Thanks for listening. Have a good rest of your day and enjoy your weekend as much as you possibly can in these crazy, crazy times.